Yo, yo, yo. Welcome back to another episode of Island Spot Sports. And before we get to our guest today, we have a big shout out for, for Living Sisu. Living Sisu is a platform and app that wants to give you all the tools to have success in your sport. Their main objective is to activate your lifestyle. So for active, it's for active people. Enjoy discounts at, at companies like BioSteel, 30% off, BodyLogics, the Goalie Guild, all his books are discounted. Roan, Lululemon for men, 20% off. Online stretching programs with Eccentrics, one full month free. They got super silent massage guns, 20% off those. And it's a great quality. It's way less expensive than a Theragun. And it's a great, it's great quality. So there's so many more discounts that you guys will need to just become a member to see. So they want to provide you with anything you need for success. So come join the community. I'm a part of it. A bunch of other athletes are a part of it. So it's free to join. It takes 20 seconds to have to get exclusive offers to your sport. And it's definitely worth worth it. So do do us a huge favor and go sign up for Living Sisu's membership. It's free, 20, takes 20 seconds. So go do it and we'll see you there. Living Sisu is a great company. We uh, we know one of the co-founders, Zach Fricali. He's a great guy. He... Uh, He's the co-founder and he does a lot of live streams on Instagram at, uh, at Living Sisu and with a bunch of elite athletes. And you learn a lot from like the athlete's determination, the resiliency, everything to what me, made them become successful. So it's been a great experience so far. So go on. I'm going to leave uh, the link in the description. So uh, go sign up. Yo, welcome back to another episode of On The Spot Sports. I'm Jack, and I'm alongside my co-host, Tyler. And in today's episode, we are joined by a very special guest, current professional goaltender, Eddie Pasquale. Eddie is currently a professional hockey goaltender who has spent time in the NHL, AHL, ECHL, and currently plays in the KHL overseas for Lokomotiv Yaroslavl. He also played junior hockey in the OHL for the Belleville Bulls and the Saginaw Spirit. Welcome to the show, Eddie Pasquale. Thanks, guys, for having me. Yeah, no problem. So, um, how how have you been? What's uh, the whole situation with COVID going? I know we just talked about this off air, but for the for everyone that's that's listening or watching this episode, like, what's been new with you, and how's the whole COVID situation over in Russia? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of cases. We're lucky uh, in Yaroslav. It's a smaller city, three hours from Moscow, but Moscow's got it pretty bad right now, and uh, Nothing's really shut down. They're kind of limiting how many fans can come to the game. Some rinks they're allowed. I think the most we've had 50% full, and some rinks are, are zero fans. So it's bad. I mean, like everywhere in the world, it, it's bad. It's it's not fun. Yeah, for sure. You just, you just got to stay safe during these times and just be cautious and – it seems like that's what you guys have been doing with, with like the fan situation. Like you guys as players, just keeping it, trying to keep it as safe as possible, and trying to still play like, like always. Yeah, exactly. They do uh, uh, the cage. You get through another test, so you get this code on your phone. It's like a barcode that they scan you out when you're visiting rink. 
like the security is a lot tighter. I mean, no one can really come down to the room and they keep the, if you're not part of the team, you can't go anywhere near the dressing room and, and the rink is pretty, pretty blocked off for the players area. So they're doing the best they can to keep us all safe. Yeah, that, that's at least good. So going into hockey a little bit, can you, like, give our viewers, like, a little background information on yourself when you started playing hockey and what made you become a goaltender? Yeah, probably uh, probably start skating when I was five or six. Obviously, growing up in Canada, you, you started early. And then uh, I was the youngest out of all my cousins, so that always threw me net and road hockey. And then uh, just kind of got tossed in there. We do once a week there would be a new goalie net and I played pretty good the first time. So they kept me in there. And then, uh, yeah, this, the youngest of my cousins, probably they forced me into it. And then I kind of liked the position. I liked the equipment, the painted helmet. It was just a different position on the ice. that I liked. Yeah. Just the, the just the customization aspect of the, of the of goaltending super fun to be a part of. And just the adrenaline rush you get after making an insane stop. Uh, a few times a game, those those definitely make you want to keep going and play play goalie for a long time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's a lot of fun. It's one of those positions where it's it's a high pressure position, but you know, you win a hockey game, you can steal hockey games, but you can also lose them. So it's it's a little bit of a roller coaster playing goalie, but it's a lot. Of fun. Yeah, growing up, did you consider playing any other positions, or was it just mainly goalie for you? Off as a player, uh, not the best skater, so I wouldn't have made it as high as I am now. But uh, yeah, in the summer, I still play player. I'll play men's league with my buddies back home, and and it's it's a lot of fun. But I mean, it's a tough position to learn all the different breakouts and stuff like that. So at least with goalie, you got one job, you just gotta stop the puck. Yeah, exactly. And like, I feel like a lot of like goalies like started out as players, like pretty much everyone, and you don't. And then they got thrown into the position, and they'd still play skate out like during like men's league or like or like pickup games in the summer. So it's it's always cool to hear that. Like I did the same thing. Like I'm I'm a goalie right now, and I skate all throughout high school, and then chose goalie, and I skate out in men's league sometimes. So it's it's fun to get back to being a forward sometimes and scoring some goals. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. I mean, it's it's awesome too because you kind of know what the goalie's going to do before you shoot it, and you know where you can you can score a goal. So it's a lot of fun playing out. So yeah, exactly, and it's just super fun. So then going into your journey to go to go pro, you were you played youth hockey in AAA, and then you ended up going to the junior route after your season with the Toronto Red Wings U16 AAA, and you come to this come to the decision of playing the OPJHL for the Wellington Dukes. So, like, what was your junior hockey? What was junior hockey like for you when you first started in Wellington, before you're making making your way up to the OHL? Yeah, it was it was pretty fun. I mean, I wanted to play for St. Mike's. I, I went to school at St. but uh, I was drafted by Belleville, and they wanted me to Belleville so I could practice with the team. Wellington was about 30, 40 minutes away, so they put me there for. Uh, I think I was there for maybe two, three months, and then the goalie, the starter in uh, Belleville got in a fight and broke his hand. And I went up, I played pretty good and I never got sent back down. Belleville was really good. It was a, it was a good place to play. It was close to hours. I was 16, 17 at the time. So it was, it was nice to be close to home and see family and, and friends. But yeah, Belleville was a great city. We had a, we had a very good team there when I was there. So that helped me, you know, I wasn't getting peppered like some of the teams in the OHL. 
And then I got traded to Saginaw, and that was another good spot to play. It was uh, a team kind of built around guys my group around the 1990 uh, birth year, and we had a very good team there. We had a lot of success, and uh, yeah, I got drafted from there, and then crazy road to pro, pro hockey started. Yeah, so like, what was like the transition, or like, how was the transition going from AAA to juniors, or or from let's go OPJHL to OHL? Like, what was like the competition wise, like? What was the transition like to go from the OPJHL to the OHL and start playing to start playing games there? Yeah, it's a it's a tough transition because I mean I, I think I was I had a late birthday so I was fifteen, turning sixteen or just turned sixteen when I got my first start in the OHL and you see the type of players that come out of the OHL. You got some NHL stars that are still in that league and I was just a young guy playing against like basically grown men they were 19 20 years old drafted on their way to the nhl and you're just you're kind of like in shock that you're playing against these guys but it's a tough transition but uh i mean every league you keep leveling up it gets harder and harder so if you want to do well in the ohl but yeah it's, def- it's definitely challenging because i mean i think my first or second game i was playing bobby ryan and, and trevor lewis and these, these big stars in Owen sound and london knights i was Penley Shaver, Sam Gagnier, Patrick Kane, and then kind of like starstruck a little bit. Yeah, like I can only imagine that it'd be like starstruck and just you're playing against these NHL draft picks and then they, they're they going in on you and probably knowing how good they are, probably blowing, blowing the puck past you, which isn't really a good feeling, but you're like, dang, these guys are going to go to the show soon. So it must, must have been a cool experience to, to be a part of. Yeah, but uh, – my second road game was, I'll always remember this one. We played London night in London. 8,000 fans, and it's like, and I was terrified. I didn't even bar down on me, but I was, I was nervous in that game. We ended up winning one. I actually got an assist on, on the empty net. It's cool. These guys, they can follow in their footsteps and level up for the next week, but like I said, like if you want to get to the next lead, lead you're going to be playing against these guys. If you get to the NHL, HL, there's good talent. So you got to learn to play against the top end guys. Yeah, exactly. And so, like, what was like the biggest thing you had to learn throughout all this process of getting to the next level and getting to the higher levels and just being able to to get shot on by these guys and play against these guys? Yeah, I think a lot of it. I think obviously you got to trust yourself. I think the biggest thing is probably just confidence. You just gotta you got to believe you're capable playing against these guys and, and you can't like you can't look at them like they're better than you or anything like that you guys are on the same ice surface and you just got to play with that confidence and know that obviously they're going to get their points every now and then they're going to score on you they're going to make nice plays but as long as your team in front of you they limit their chance you just play the can that's all you can really do yeah exactly I just I, and I just learned that because I, I started getting with the pro group recently and like the biggest thing that my coaches told me was just the confidence. Like you have to be confident that you can play with these guys and be up there. And it's pretty much just mental at that point. Like you can get away with, like you can, you can get away with like the, like how you, how you actually play, but like your confidence level, like if it's down, like you're going to get exposed, but if it's right where it should be and like, you know, you could play against these guys, it's, you're going to fit in pretty much just fine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, 
the end of the day, it's just a hockey fucking guy shooting on you. Like for me, I've done it for so many years. I've just it's sad. So if you superstars, they're gonna they're gonna look like superstars blowing it by you. So yeah, like you said, the biggest thing confidence, and then you just gotta trust yourself. Yeah, exactly. So so I'm guessing that's what you did when you first got in there, and you were able to stick up to these guys, right? Yeah, I was lucky too. Um, in Belleville, we we had kind of pushing to to go to the finals, and we had a I put the year Mattis, uh, uh, Matt Pellick, PK Subban. We had a pretty good team too, so it was, it was those guys helped me out a lot. They were very good in front of me, and yeah, that was just the biggest thing, you know. Where we had a good team, and then we were kind of top in the league, so it kind of helped me out. Yeah, that's awesome. So then you. So you play a ton of games in the OHL for the Belleville Senators and or the Belleville Bulls and the Saginaw Spirit. Like your final two years in the OHL, you played in 61 games in your first full season in Saginaw and then 51 your second year. So and you really made a name out of yourself before going pro. So like what what do you think helped you to be so successful and play that many games and get that experience that you need to, to raise your level of your level of play? Yeah, I think just the biggest thing when I got, I kind of knew in Belleville I was going to be traded because they're going for it to the Mem Cup that year. They wanted to push for it, and I was a young guy, I wasn't playing that much, so so I stepped up to the plate and they traded a lot for me. So it showed that they really wanted me, and I I fit in good with Sagan. We had a good group of guys, we're a hardworking team, and it was a different different conference for me to go to, and we just played well. We all gelled together. And then two really good years. Yeah, for sure. So, like, what what helped you recover so much? Because obviously, as a goaltender, like, it takes a toll on your body when you're playing pretty much every game. So, like, what would you do to help yourself recover? Like, would you get a lot of sleep, uh, focus on, like, what you eat? Like, what would you do to help maximize your, your performance potential? <laughs> Back then, I mean... You're young, you're young, you're in like 17, 18, 19, so you kind of recover pretty quick. We didn't do anything, anything special. We actually had a lot of bus trips in Saginaw because we, were, we weren't too close to many teams, so we'd eat pizza and, and drinking pop on the bus. So if I knew what I knew now about recovery and stuff like that, I'd, I probably could have put up some better numbers and been a lot better than I was at a younger age. But the OHL is tough because there's a lot of travel, and you're lucky, lucky you're young at an age where, where your body kind of recovers on its own. What was the hardest uh, adjustment for you after being traded from Bellevue to Saginaw? Uh, it's probably just being so so much farther from home. I mean, Bellevue's in Canada and Saginaw's in, in the States, so it's a lot farther to see my family, and it's about a five-hour drive. But uh, I knew a bunch of the guys on Saginaw before I got traded, so I reached out to them when I found out, and they, they were happy to have me. They told me how the city was, and, and, and the team's really excited to have you join. and. I think that's just the biggest thing that I knew guys there that could kind of help you feel part of the team quicker. Yeah, for sure. So going back to like recovery and all that, like from like the time that you played juniors, like what did you learn over the course of your pro career that you didn't, that you wish you learned before uh, you got into juniors or during juniors? Yeah, probably just the nutrition. Um, make sure you're getting the right foods, drinking enough water and staying hydrated. 
a lot of stretching just to keep the body loose because I mean sitting on a bus or an airplane it's not the best thing to do right after a game but it's part of the schedule and then the sleep especially now like playing pro in Russia there's a lot of different time zones so you just try and get as much sleep as you possibly can and, and that helps me recover the most. Yeah for sure and then after your final season in Saginaw, you were able to sign a pro deal with the Chicago Wolves of the AHL. So, like, what was it like when you got that first opportunity to play pro? And especially with, like, the final last few games of the season, like, even though you didn't get to play, like, what was some of the things that you learned from the guys in Chicago? Yeah, that was a good experience. It was, uh, I remember when we got we got knocked out in Saginaw, I drove down to Chicago to be in practice. And, I think that helped me because it kind of let me see how pro hockey was like, and then I could prepare somewhere to try and make the team the following year. So, yeah, that was definitely beneficial for Yeah, exactly. And what what were some of those things that you learned from like the, your first few practices about the the actual game of pro hockey and how how different it is from junior hockey? Yeah, it's uh. You're going against bigger guys, a lot bigger, bigger in size than the guys you're used to. In the OHL, they shoot a little bit harder. Everything's just a little bit quicker. There's not as many mistakes. Everything's more, more precise. The passing, the shooting, everything like that. So just kind of making sure you can read the game a little bit quicker because everything's going to happen a little bit faster. And then kind of just the routine, the, the farther travel, going to different cities, and you're in a lot more hotels in pro hockey than you are in junior. So kind of just like, the lifestyle that you get in pro hockey is a lot different than junior hockey. Yeah. So, like, you're going up against, like, these pro, these pro guys, these high-end shooters. Like, what what do you do to help yourself stay calm and collective? Because, uh, like, from experience, like, when you get up against these guys, like, you, you're sometimes shaky at first and then you settle down. It's so, like, what kept you uh, cool, calm, cool, or cool, calm, and collective? Uh, I, I mean, it's – I don't think there's one sort of thing that did it in the summer. I would skate with a lot of pro guys and, and I was used to taking pro shots in the summer by back home, but you just got to kind of sharpen your skills a little bit. If you're having a little bit of an off day, they're going to pick you apart pretty good. So just staying, staying calm and, and, and reading shots and where the pucks, what, what signs they give you, whether it's their hands or their stick blade or the way their body's positioned, just so you could pick up little things quicker. So you could tell where they were shooting and, and, just being aware of where everyone is on the ice, like tr- trusting your reads and, and and going back to just the confidence, right? You got to believe you, you're capable of playing at that level. Yeah, exactly. And just the little, the little details really do matter. And, and like the game, as you go higher up, higher up, like the, the details are like, you have to be precise with the details. And like, that's all that like it depends on. It's just the little details that get you to be successful. It's like, what little details did you have to work on during that time to help you be successful in the AHL? Uh, probably just like the little thing, like making sure if you're going into your post, make sure you hit it perfectly every time, just so if you stumble a little bit, you're a little step behind on the next pass or being aware where everyone is in zone so you can kind of anticipate the play. If, if you know where, where a guy's going to pass it, you can have, you know, you read a little cleaner, just, probably sight lines through traffic too, being able to find different windows so you can see the puck through traffic so, so you're not behind the player or chasing puck. And then uh, just picking up little signs. Like obviously you practice so much with pro guys playing pro hockey and practicing so much. Just the little signs they give you where 
their stick blades position or their hands or their body is just so you can pick up and anticipate where they're shooting. Yeah, that, that's awesome the, like, about the details, the little details that really do help help your game a ton. So then going into the 2010-2011 season, you played games in both the AHL and the ECHL where you played 24 games for the Wolves and then 12, and then 12 for the Gwinnett Gladiators. Like, what was the biggest difference you noticed from going to the coast and then getting called up back to the AHL and like that, that transition period that you had, uh, that you had to face. Yeah, that's a, uh, AHL. I mean, it's a, it's a hard league to play in. You're one step away from the NHL. So at any given day, an injury happens up top. You, you're the, you could be the guy being called up. So the AHL is a very, very good hockey league. And there's a lot of talented players who just maybe haven't got their chance or still waiting to get their chance. And the East coast is uh there's a lot of good hockey players in the East Coast, but it's not it's not as balanced. I would say you got a probably a handful, maybe two lines of really good hockey players, and you got some guys that probably shouldn't be in that league, but they didn't they didn't have enough guys because they had guys called up to the American League or something like that. So the East Coast is very scrambly. It's a tough league to play in because it's so unpredictable. You don't really if, if you look at East Coast rosters, there's so many guys that play for the team. So it's a lot of scrambly, chippy hockey. And back when I first started, there's a lot of fighting too. So it's kind of a, a little bit of a goon lead, a lot of fighting. So, but the AHL, the American Hockey League, is very good hockey. Yeah, and just that, just that transition. Like I've talked to other guys, and like they've always said that like it's super hard because like you're going from like that scramble mode in the in the coast, and then you're going to the AHL, which is a little better than the than the ECHL and one level below the NHL. So it's definitely, it's definitely cool to see how like that transition, like, and like how you have to face it and get, and just help, help yourself get better and help yourself uh, succeed. Yeah. I mean, if, like, if you look at my stats, I, when I was in the East coast, my numbers were a lot worse than they were in the American league. It's just, it's a league where you're going to get, as a goalie, you're going to get a ton of chances, odd man rushes, breakaways. There's a lot of breakdowns and the systems aren't as – guys don't follow the systems like they would in the American Hockey League. So you get a ton of chances against, which is good when you're young because you want to develop and see those scoring chances. But it's a tough league. You can get really complacent down there. If you're getting scored on a lot, you can get a lot of bad habits. You just got to stick to what works for you and, and try and work your way up to the American Hockey League and try and stay there. Yeah, before you were mentioning how obviously the AHL is one step below the NHL and how, you know, you're basically you're you're right there for the ultimate journey. How hard was it for you to really like keep your calmness, keep your composure and just stand an even keel um, and not trying to think ahead and and, you know, realize, hey, I'm one step away, but realize, keep doing what I'm doing. And then eventually I'll get my chance in the NHL rather than just trying and rushing it and maybe um, messing that opportunity up. Yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, that's part of being a pro hockey player and, and, and trying to make it to the NHL as a journey. But it, it is tough because you're always watching the NHL team, seeing who's doing well, who's struggling, or something's going on with injuries. And when is it going to be your time is always what you're thinking. But if you think like that, then you're, you're not going to produce the way you should on the ice. You're going to be playing with pressure. So. You're always, you always are watching the NHL team, but it's in the back of your head, but you got to try and forget about it and just worry about what you can do in the American League to get better every day. So you, if you do 
or if or when you get that opportunity to go up, you're ready for it. Yeah, that that's uh, that's an awesome like mindset to have and everything. So going back to the mindset a little bit, like when you do get in these scrambling modes, like what what would your mindset be? Like you said, you had worse numbers in the coast than you did in the AHL. So like, what would you? What was your mindset like when you would get down on yourself and like help yourself not not stay down on yourself, but keep working to keep like keep getting better? Yeah, it's it's tough because obviously like. I was in Chicago. It was a very good organization. They treat us like an NHL team. Great practice facility, game rink, and everything like that. And then to get sent down to a place like Gwinnett, it's a, it's just it's not a hockey city, so the locker rooms aren't as nice. You're not treated as good. You're spending hours on a bus, on a sleeper bus, like eating after the game. We'd stop at like a gas station and grab like chips and stuff. So it's not. There's some teams in the East Coast League that treat it very good and they want to develop to get you to the American Hockey League. And then there's some teams that, you know, they try to pay the bills for all the stuff to get guys better. So you just got to hope hope that if you go down there, you do well, you work hard, keep your mindset that you're trying to get out of that league as fast as possible onto the next week so you can make it. Yeah, exactly. And then so the following season, you spent uh, the next few seasons – with uh, St. John's and you got a call up to the Winnipeg Jets. Like what were those two, two years like in getting called up to the Jets? Yeah, it was pretty cool. It was, uh, I was watching the game when um, I think it was Montoya got hurt. Yeah. Al Montoya got hurt in one of the games. And then I figured since I was a starting goalie at the time in St. John's, I'd be getting the phone call. And it was exciting to go up to for the NHL, but, at the same time, like, well, here's a chance that you've been waiting for that you've been working hard every day to try and get. So it was a pretty cool experience going up to Winnipeg, and it was a lot of fun, too, in St. John's. We had a lot of success there as a team. Get that first after and say we're going to the NHL. Yeah, so then then you went back down to St. John's, and, like, you guys went on a on – a, great playoff run where you played 15 games and really helped the ice caps go on a big run. So like how fun was that run in the Calder cup playoffs and that experience that you got from playing playoff hockey? Yeah, it was, it was a lot of fun. I mean, St. John's, they had a great fan there. They did a whiteout when we we're on that playoff run and uh, we beat some good teams at the top ran into that Norfolk team. Um, it was Tampa Bay's AHL team. And they were on, like, I think they had like a 20-something game winning streak that year. And they just smoked us in that third round. But it was a lot of going, that, going to the conference finals. You get a lot of, probably the biggest thing, you just get extra confidence knowing that, hey, like I'm here, I'm doing it. There's only four teams left. I'm only 22 and, I'm, and, we're, and we've gone this far. Yeah, that, that's, that must have been a great experience for you to just getting that, that playoff experience and going on that playoff round that, unfortunately ended in the third round but it seemed like you got a lot of a lot out of that experience and like you were able to compete and do really well in the in the Calder Cup playoffs that year yeah and the thing about too about the American Hockey League is like we it was our first year in St. John's they just moved the team they got sold to Winnipeg and they wanted to have a, a really good team in St. John's so we signed a lot of older guys and we're really deep team. We're four lines, six defense, and 
we would have had a lot of good players sitting out watching from the stands. But that's the thing about the American Hockey League that is tough. You're, you're, you can lose your best players any given day up to the NHL. So a lot of break, keep your team intact and Yeah, for yeah, for sure. So then going into the, the following season or in twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen, you, you ended up sitting out the entire year with a hip injury where you were recovering from surgery. So like how hard was that process for you to sit out the entire hockey season while also trying to recover and get back in a in a game shape and start playing some games eventually after your surgery was completely healed? Yeah, it was tough. I, I didn't I didn't skate for eighteen months. I missed a year and a half. And it was one of those moments where it's like, do I want to, like, I don't know if I'll ever come back and play. And like, do I have the mindset to come back? And it's tough when you get, when you get hurt that badly. And I mean, no one wants to, it's not fun. The mental side should be draining because you're always, it takes so long to heal and feel normal again. That you just, you never, you never think you're going to feel hundred percent again. You don't know what's going to happen. So that was a tough year and a half, but. I mean, it probably changed my career going through that. It just made you not take anything for granted. Yeah. So, like, what was your mindset like throughout the process? Like, I'm like you. You said you had some bad days, but like, was it just like getting back to hopefully I can start playing again soon, and hopefully be a better goaltender after this surgery than than anything else? Yeah, it was tough because I had two surgeries during that time. So the first one, I had a lot go wrong with it, and I remember I got traded from Winnipeg to Washington after the first surgery. And then I went into camp to do physicals on the first day and I didn't pass any of them. And the doctor said, we're going to have to do more MRIs and take some more looks at, at your hip. And then uh, he said, the best thing we, we could do is do another surgery and hope it goes better this time. And that might give you a chance to play hockey again. So obviously, you know, you have some but It kind of started an eight months ready to go, and then I passed the physical tests on day one of training camp. So there was some bad times, but I think, you know, I overcame it, and, and I got to where I am now. Yeah, you definitely overcame it, and you have had a successful career since then, and your your career has been back at the top of its game. So then in 2016-2017, you're a big part of the Grand Rapids Griffins, playing 29 games with a 2.43 goals against average, and you guys ultimately won – the Calder Cup at the end of the season. It's like, what was it like being a part of the Griffins and winning the championship to cap off the year? Yeah, that was, that was a lot of fun. It was, uh, uh, um, our only Grand Rapids but it was a great city. It's a, it's a college town. We got a lot of fans there, and uh, that was also a tough year for me personally because I didn't. I played what twenty nine games or something like that, but. We had uh, the other goalie there, Jared Crow. He was playing all the games when he was down in the American League, and then he went up to Detroit, and that's where I really got a chance to play a lot of games. So it was one of those years where I'd sit on the bench for a long stretch of times, and I'd play a ton of games in a row. So it was a lot of fun, too. Like Obviously, winning a, winning a Calder Cup, it's, it's, a, it's a tough thing to do. Like I said, with so many injuries in the NHL and guys going up and, and, and stuff like that, you lose your best players all the time, and we were lucky that – that uh, Detroit didn't make playoffs, so we had all our guys come back out for the playoff run. Yeah, and then you guys went on a you guys went on a tear and ended up winning the cup against 
I believe it was Syracuse, right? Yeah. Yeah, and that, that was a really good series. I remember tuning into that series, and it was a really good series, and you guys ended up winning, so that must have been an awesome feeling, and, like, the parade must have been awesome as well, I would imagine. Yeah, we we partied pretty hard, and uh, we had a big parade for us downtown. It was, it was cool. I mean, it takes so much to win a championship. There's so many – I don't want to just say luck, but there's a lot of luck that goes in with injuries and call-ups and stuff like that, but that was a that was a fun, fun, fun year, and it was great to be part of a championship team. Yeah, absolutely. So then going into the 2018-2019 season, you got your shots in the big leagues in the in the NHL with the Tampa Bay Lightning where you played in three games going two and one. It's like, what were your emotions like during your first NHL game and getting your first NHL win? Yeah, it was crazy. I mean, the first game, it was versus Detroit, so I knew a lot of the guys on that team. And I just got that brand-new rink. I remember seeing them when I was with Grand Rapids at training camp. They were building that rink, and then I'm playing it a couple of years later. So. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it, it was nice. It was in Detroit. It was close to home. I had my family come and watch the game. But uh, it was nice to get to get the win shootout and, and, and get the finally get an opportunity to play in the NHL. Yeah, so what was, what was it like to uh, – what was, like, the biggest thing you learned and you had to understand going into those NHL games to be successful and come out with some, with some wins? I think just the biggest thing is that – yeah, the players are a little bit better, and it happens a little bit faster, but I think it's just the atmosphere. I mean, once you – if you start thinking, like, oh, my God, I'm in the NHL, then it's going to eat you up. It's, it's, if you put all that pressure on you, it's going to collapse you, and you're not going to perform. you just got to shut out all the, the noise. I mean, you go into the NHL, every rink's basically full, sold out, and they're putting on the show so the music is louder. There's way more fans. There's way more cameras and everything like that. So you just – if you can shut all that out and just play your game, then there's a reason why you're there. You just got to trust yourself that, that you should be there. Yeah, exactly. And you, you once you stop, stop thinking about it, like you're, you'll be fine. But once you start thinking about it, like that's definitely going to gonna hurt you in the long run, just thinking about like putting all the pressure on you and and just all the pressure is going to just going to kill you. Like, of course you want to win, but the pressure is ultimately going to kill you and it's going to be what drags you from getting those wins. Yeah, exactly. I played in the American League for a lot of years. I played with a lot of good players and a lot of those guys didn't make it to the NHL and they should have. And whether they got the chance or they didn't, you just got to, you just got to block out everything and just kind of play your game. I mean, goalies, a lot, a lot of it, being a goalie is mental. So if you can just control the mental side, not let your mind wander or start thinking, oh, what happens if he scores or all these fans here? If you if you just block that all out and not, and not play nervous, just play loose, you, you'll, you'll be all right out there. Yeah, for sure. You just got to – can't think. You just got to play and just trust trust the process. Trust what you're what you're doing, like you said earlier. Just trust what what you've been putting in is going to work out for you. And it, it most likely will, and it'll – get you some wins and some success for sure. Yeah, and I, I was lucky too being on Tampa Bay. I mean, set a record for wins that year or tied the record. If I'm stopping Kucherov and Stamkos heading in practice every day, then why can't I stop the guys we're playing against sort of thing? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so then after the 2018-2019 or yeah, 2018-2019 season, you began your journey to the KHL, playing for the Astana Bears, I believe that's how you say it. 
where you played in 46 games going 24-18-1. So, like, what was that experience like over in the KHL your first year? And, like, what made you decide to go play overseas? Uh, I think this – obviously, I got my NHL games before. I had a couple of offers from the KHL a year or two before. But uh, I wanted to stick around North America and see if I could finally get some games in the NHL and then end up signing with Greece and Kazakhstan. And it's a good place to play. They have uh, no import rules, so there's a lot of North American and Swedish guys on the team. So there's a lot of English. There's a lot of fun playing there. There's a good, there's a good first KHL. Yeah, so like going into the KHL, like, did you have any expectations going in, like how the game was being played? Like, what was the transition like, and like the biggest differences that you noticed from going from the North American game to the KHL in the, in Russia? It's tough because there's a, last year. I think last year, this year too, that there's, you're playing on three different ice surfaces. In Kazakhstan, we had NHL size, and then some teams have finished size and Olympic size. So every rink's a different size rink, and uh, it's tough to adjust your angles there. And then it's tough when you can't really communicate with half the guys on your team because they don't speak English. So if you're telling you're going to play the puck or you're telling talking on the ice, they don't understand you. You don't understand them, and then. Uh, I was lucky, though, because I had a couple of buddies that played on Kazakhstan already, so I reached out to them and kind of got the, the rundown how it's going to be like. But, uh, yeah, it was a good first experience going to that team and kind of learning the, the KHL. Yeah, so what do you do when, like, all you have to adjust, like, your angles to, like, every rink that you play in? Like, do you do anything before the games, like, during warm-ups that help you, help you stay in tune for whatever rink you're playing in, whether it be the NHL, the Finnish, the Olympic rink, whatever it is? Uh, nothing crazy. Normally, like, you don't really play back-to-back in the KHL, so you normally get into this city that uh, you're playing the practice most of the time, depending on what time the game is, you'll have a morning skate. So you get normally you get two skates at the, the rink you're going to play at before you play the game, and then a warm-up before the game. And it's just like little things. A lot of the rinks here, there's so much room behind the net. So playing puck that face you got to cover behind the net and then last year was the first rule they put the trapezoid in in the KHL so obviously for me that didn't make a big difference but for some of the goalies you play against you see them I mean our first game the guy went right into the the part of the trapezoid you're not allowed to touch the puck and he had no idea what was going on and then so it's just little things that are a little bit different the ice surfaces and stuff like that yeah, for sure. And then, so going into this season, you play, you're playing for Lokomotiv Yaroslav, where you're 10-1-2 and two right now. It seems like your journey in the KHL so far has been successful. It's like, what's been, what's helped you stay on top of your game and dominate in the KHL? I uh, just, I don't really know. I mean, it's, it's kind of, it's a lot tougher here than it was last year because we only have five imports. Because we're a Russian team, we're only allowed five guys, and three of them are Swedish guys, and the other guys finished. So I'm the only North American team. So it's a little bit tougher this year. It's a lot less English in the locker room, and not too many of the Russian guys, the local guys, speak, speak any English. So it was tougher to adjust to this team, I think, than it was to Kazakhstan. But 
going for playing in the different rinks and stuff like that, you kind of know what to expect, what city you go to, because I did it all last year. So that's a little bit easier, but I just feel that this team, Locomotive, they're a bigger team in the KHL. and They spend a little bit more money on the players, so they get a little bit upper threshold on players and very well coaches as extent. So kind of how the team was going to play in front of you. So it's just it's a, pretty similar to last last year just with different guys yeah for sure so for what's it like being with locomotive since like everyone like obviously like heard of like what happened and what happened with the crash and everything like in 2011 it's like what's it like being with a team that's had that history and just just playing for them overall and how good of a team they are yeah i mean obviously that's a touchy subject and i think it was the day before our home opener, we went to the gravesite of some of the guys that passed away in, the, in that in that plane crash. And then the base we live at here, they got they built it for. Um, I'm not sure if it was Russian government or the airlines or something like that. Donated money to build this base. That all the imports and some of the Russian guys. And we got a practice rink here, a nice facility with gym, spa, and everything like that. So obviously, I mean, I remember when I was in North America, we heard about that. It's just one of those things that I think it depends on buses, how many times through snowstorms, airports, all the different teams traveling. That It's a tragedy, but um really well here. And they take really good care of us. And obviously, they got a statue and thank him and we they do the best they can and they've built this organization back up pretty good. Yeah, that it, it's a very touchy subject and like it's just cool to see like how they are, are like doing everything they can to like help like honor those guys that did that were on the plane when and when it crashed and just just overall like building the organization up and I bet it'd be an honor to play for that organization, like especially how good they're treating their players and just the backstory, like it's it's like you wish that never happens, but I feel like with that, like it's a different story about coming to play for locomotive and just being a part of that team, helping them succeed and be part of that build up. You no know, secret what happened, everyone knows and I heard from him. It's an honor to go out and play for them and, and kind of be part of rewriting history. I mean, you lost every everything and 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 one everyone on that plane and now you get a new guys come in and try and build back everything that they lost and the best thing we can do is just win hockey games to remember those guys and build city back up yeah exactly so that so you've been seeing the puck really well this season with four of your 10 wins so far being shutouts what do you do to like train your eyes to make sure you're on top of your game and you see the puck well game in and game out Uh, nothing crazy. I mean, one summer I did all that kind of the neural stuff where you do the, the tracking with all the dots and all that stuff, but it, it wasn't for me. I didn't, I don't know if it really works. I think it's one of those things that if you believe it works, it helps. And I didn't think it worked. So I didn't, I stopped doing it, but uh, I think it's just repetitions in practice. I mean, working hard in practice, gaining the confidence in practice. And then you see so many pucks in practice here, especially in, in Russia, we practice. 
we don't get many days off. It's a lot of work. And uh, I think it's just that. Like, you practice hard and you gain your confidence there and you take it into a game. Yeah, and then just by getting so many shots and practicing so often, you must just feel the puck really well and just it just comes natural and you just see the puck really well, game in, game out, just – and you're successful with it and get, get the amount of shutouts you've had with, with four of the 10 being shutouts. So that, that's awesome that you've been seeing a lot of success and seen the puck really well during your time this season in the KHL. Yeah, and we, we have a, our group right now, I mean, at the beginning of the season we had COVID and we were out a couple of guys, probably three or four games were out and then, I was out with injury too. So it's kind of like we all came back at the same time. So it's kind of like that jolt of energy back in the locker room. Everyone's ready to go. And we finally got a full, a full team ready to play. And it was good for me because I missed the first month of the season. And it was, it was tough first month for us because we had a new coach. It's a lot of new systems, a lot of new learning stuff for guys. And then we got struck with COVID and guys were out for the last two weeks of uh, September. So we all came back at the beginning of October, and I think our team has a lot of confidence, and we're playing really well right now. You guys are all healthy now, and you guys are all ready to go and start start winning some some more games and start pushing for for a playoff run at the end of the season. Yeah, I think mean, that's what it's all about here. We're on a team that a very high end team in the KHL, so the biggest thing is make it to playoffs and, and do some damage in playoffs. So that's the goal this year. Yeah, exactly. So, Eddie, I have a few more questions for you before we get this thing done with. It's like, what are some tips you would give goalies looking to get to that next level? Probably just work hard. I mean, every day, every time you get a chance to go on the ice. I mean, early Mike, for granted, I thought I was just, you know, I wasn't a high pick to the NHL, but I thought I had a lot of success in, in the juniors. And I thought I was just going to roll through the American League and walk into the NHL. And it doesn't work like that. It's you got to work hard every day, every time you're on the ice. I mean, some days it sucks. You just traveled all night. You get in at three, four in the morning. You're tired. You don't want to practice, but it's another opportunity to get better and 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 push yourself to get to the next level. So when you do get to the next level, you're ready for it. Yeah, exactly. That's a that's a great tip, and just just to keep pushing yourself, keep working hard and just focusing on yourself and your development, not thinking, not going too fast and just having it, having it work out in the long run. Cause it's, it's success doesn't happen overnight. So you just got to keep pushing, keep working and keep grinding throughout, throughout the process. Cause the process is a journey, but it's a super fun, super fun journey. Yeah. Um... I mean, there's going to be days that suck, and then there's going to be days that it's easier to get up out of bed and go to the ring. But when you finally do get the chance, you get whatever. If you're a double-A goalie trying to play triple-A or a triple-A goalie trying to play OHL or AHL, NHL, those little steps that the it's rewarding when you know you put in all the work and sacrifice to get there. And then you're setting yourself up for an opportunity to stay there or to get to the next level. Yeah, exactly. So then my, my final question of the day is uh, – You've been involved in two goalie fights in your pro career so far, one with Dustin Tokarski and the other with J.F. Ruby. It's like, what, what was getting in those fights like and, like, what started them? Uh, the one with Ruby wasn't much of a fight. It was kind of – they were smoking us, like, 5-1 or something, and he sticked one of our guys and 
a little bit of a, a fight in front of the net and I skated down and it was kind of, I was just pissed that I was getting lit up that game. I wasn't doing very well. And then the one with Tukarski, there's a couple fights on the ice and then he kind of shook at me and I didn't even think about him. Like, if he wants to fight, let's go. And it was funny because we ended up being teammates a couple of years, a couple of years later and we laughed about it. Yeah. So like, well, when you guys first got there, like, were you guys just joking around, just, just living back memories of you guys fighting? But like with Tukarski, I mean, with St. John's, he was Syracuse for a long time. We played against each other so many times and they ended up, they beat us in that playoffs in the conference finals that one year with St. John's. So I played against them a lot. We, we always battled hard versus each other. It was one of those things that we kind of mutual respect because we played against each other so many times and just kind of looked at each other and laughed. And like, we never really talked about it, but it was one of those things that you just, we both, we both knew like, we're idiots that fought at center ice at the war memorial. Now we're now we're teammates. Yeah, that, those those stories are always the best though. So would would you ever fight again if you got the chance, or or, or two fights is enough for you? I don't know. I mean, I've been shook by other guys in the games. I think it was Demko one year in Utica. He shook me and wanted to fight. And I think we're up one nothing. I'm like, dude, I got a shutout goal. I'm like, I'm not gonna fight and blow that, but. A couple times here in Russia, there's not much fighting. There's a couple scrums where a goalie will kind of take a shot at someone like that. And I'll come out to the hash marks of the blue line. And then I just think to myself, like, what am I doing? We're in Russia. There's not fighting over here. But it's kind of instinct, right? Like, you're, your head's in the game. And you see a, a goalie hit one of your players. You, it's kind of like your job to go down and do something. But I don't, know, I don't think I'll get it anymore. Yeah. It, it's always it's fun getting in those fights you know i've i've been i've shook some guys but they didn't want to go so so and this this recent game that we played uh there's a all out there's a there's a line brawl going on i was unfortunately on the bench so i wasn't able to get into it because because we we're pulled for the extra attackers so that sucked but there's at our best line out there and they just started a bent or a line brawl so i, I wish i was I was the sixth guy out there, so hoping, hoping, hoping that next time that happens, I get to go down there and and uh, throw some hands. It's hard though. I mean, it's hard fighting with all the goalie equipment on, but at least if you're fighting the other goalie, you both are kind of tied up in your own equipment. Uh, yeah, exactly. And it just just to get one out of the way, that's all. That's all I need. So Tyler, do you have do you have any more questions for Eddie before we let him go? Yeah, I got two more for you. I know you kind of touched base on this earlier, but just uh, you know, you could tell me again. Uh, what was it like being on that Tampa Bay Lightning team in two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen? Even though it was for a couple of games, what was it like being on that team? Which I remember, like just following that season I was like they're unstoppable like this is unbelievable what was it like being on that team that won like 60 games yeah it was, it was crazy I mean most goalies when you give up five goals in your in your first game you're not gonna win but uh, we had so much firepower on that team so many guys that could score and, and like the defense core was insane but uh it was fun. I mean, I didn't know going into the last game of the season we played Boston. I didn't know if we won that. We'd tie the record for most wins in NHL season, which was pretty cool to be part of history. But 
it was one of those teams they don't come around very often, especially with the salary cap and and stuff like that. I mean, Tampa that was a, that was a hell of a team. You probably won't see too many teams that good for a long time. Yeah, absolutely. And then this is a this is a bit of a long one, but my other question is. Obviously, as a goalie, you've seen a bunch of a bunch of different shooters, amazing shooters. So, if you're a goalie in a shootout, who is one opponent that you would absolutely love to go head to toe with in a shootout, and who is another uh, uh, player that you would absolutely hate to go head to toe with in a shootout? Uh, probably like a demon or something like that would be fun to go against in the shootout. I mean. We had one the other day versus uh, Spartak, and I had this one D-man. I guess he doesn't think I watch video or anything, but I played against him enough times that he loves to shoot it from his own end on, on and from his own end on net because he thinks he has like the hardest slap shot ever. So he comes down on the shootout and he winds up for a slap shot and buries it right in my blocker. But uh, yeah, probably like a defensive defenseman that's just kind of buried in your pad, just trying to hit the net, not trying to score. And then the guys that I wouldn't want to go against, uh, I used to skate a lot with McDavid and uh, and Michael Camilleri when he played. And those two guys probably scored like every time on me. I mean, obviously McDavid scores almost on every goalie, so you don't want to go against him. And then Camilleri had one of those, like the weirdest shot I've ever seen. It You couldn't tell if he was going to shoot at 100 miles an hour or he's going to throw like an off-speed changeup on you. Both releases look the exact same, so he used to burn me all summer. That that's awesome. Like, it's it's the shoot the shootouts and breakaway. They're definitely one are definitely hard to to tell, especially if it's not a defenseman. Like a defenseman will just bury into your pad, but like a, a sniper, like like imagine going against Patrick Kane. Like that would be insane. Just he he'd lit me up. He'd light me up ten times out of ten times for sure. Yeah, especially here too. Like I find the hardest thing, depending what ice surface you're on, right? I'm used to NHL side and your angles and your, your retreat on a breakaway or shootout are different than if you're on Olympic ice time. I remember my first shootout, like half my body's in the net because the ice was so big, my marking to retreat and all that were off. So it's a lot tougher over here. Yeah, for sure. And and this this was a great episode, Eddie. So thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time. I want to wish you nothing but the best of luck going forward and with the rest of the season. Hopefully you guys win win the championship. And this has been a lot of fun. We really appreciate you coming on, Eddie. Yeah, no problem, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah.